Hey everyone, welcome back to Thoughtful Intentions. I'm Fiona Winch, and happy October! Okay, so I'm really excited about today's episode because my guest is none other than Lauren Eshaw. I, and I kind of have to laugh because I said in my first intro teaser trailer verbatim that you would hear from a variety of people talk about their experiences and passions and everything from what it was like growing up in the 60s to how gemstone energy can change lives. And when I made that gemstone energy reference, I 100% was directing it at Lauren. So I've kind of been anticipating this episode for a long time. Lauren and I went to college together and became friends the summer after her freshman year, my sophomore year, while we were doing a show together in State College. And she has since become one of my best friends, so I'm really excited to share her knowledge and gifts with you today. Um, some of you might think it's crazy, but I promise just stick with it and, um, I think you'll be convinced, I hope. Um, okay, to give a little background, Lauren has been working on strengthening her gift as a light worker for the past six years and really just wants to bring more light into people's lives. In a time where there is so much darkness, she feels lucky that she was given the gift to help relieve people of some of the darkness they may feel is stuck inside them and replace it with fresh, new light from the earth. So we covered a lot of ground relevant to energy work, so I really encourage you to check out the Instagram at Thoughtful Intentions Podcast to have a visual reference for some of these concepts, especially for when we start talking about chakras. Just to give a little bit more background, um, Lauren's considered a light worker, and more specifically, a spiritual guide and healer. And I don't blame you if you've never heard the term light worker. I had never heard it before. Um, so Lauren sent me this article just to explain it a little bit more clearly. Um, okay. The simplest way to describe light workers would be as beings who feel an enormous pull towards helping others. Spiritual guides and healers are driven towards serving living beings and the earth through using mental, physical, emotional, or spiritual approaches. They are often highly perceptive of feelings and emotions in others and characteristically can alleviate pain and hurt within a few minutes of time spent with people or animals. Practically, nurses, caregivers, psychologists, doctors usually fall under this category. And for Lauren, it's performing. So we talk a little bit about that too. Um, so anyway, I will stop talking now. And without further ado, here's Lauren. You know, these doctors way before you could go to doctor school were using um, ailments from the earth, stones and essential oils and leaves and twigs and we're making things that were healing people um and i think it's very funny and kind of ironic that we're now in what's considered air quote spooky season and <laughs> all of all of the witches come out and we see all of these healers and these people that you know are considered crazy um Women, women doctors, female doctors way back then were considered witches because they were using these natural ailments that men didn't believe worked. But way back when, yeah. you know, we didn't have medicine. So we were using stuff from the earth 
to heal us. And it worked back then. And there are people that fully, you know, you know, people that don't believe in vaccines. Like yeah, there are people yeah. that, that use that stuff fully today. Um, I personally am not one of those people, but I am drawn to some essential oils. I'm drawn to the stones because for me, the metaphysical properties work with my brain and helping me calm down and relieve stress. And this, this all sounds so crazy, but, and, and I'm not sure if I'm going to be jumping the gun with any questions that you're no, asking, please. but, um, I've been drawn to gemstones since I was literally in kindergarten, but, um, in kindergarten and like what, as I was growing up, um, we would do our family beach trip every year, um, switching off between going to Avalon and the Outer Banks. And in the Outer Banks, there was this strip of stores and one of them just had like tchotchke stuff. Um, and one of it being this treasure chest of gems and it was like fill a bag for $7. Some of it was plastic gems. Some of it was whatever. And then there was like tiger's eye, amethyst, heat treated amethyst or citrine, um, and hematite. And this hematite is basically this, it looks like a mirror as, as a little kid would describe it to you. It's a stone that looks like a mirror. It's really shiny. I carried that around everywhere in my little purse. This was, kinder- this was kindergarten. Kindergarten. Yeah. Carried it in my pocket of my dresses, like everywhere. And my like and then another year for my mom saw that I loved carrying around these rocks. So for Christmas, she got me another bag of rocks. Santa got me another bag of, of rocks in there. <laughs> and threw them in my stocking. And that was literally my favorite gift. Like I got my first American Girl doll that year. Didn't mean shit. Like I was so excited for this bag of rocks. And that's how Honestly, I know that things. says something. It it, sa- it says them. <laughs> no it just it's it's just funny because hematite some of the metaphysical properties of hematite is that um it's a grounding and protective stone and one and it's just so funny that i think intuitively now looking back um very young me was like you know what you have this gift and you need to protect yourself you don't know it yet but you need crazy that you even remember what kind of stone it was I carried it for until I lost it. Like I, I swear I carried it everywhere. That's crazy. I loved that stone. Um, and it's funny cause I'm not necessarily, um, drawn to it. I don't necessarily gravitate towards it. Now there are so many other stones. It's still a great one that I use and I have, um, some jewelry that I, that I wear. Um, and I do have a few, I've gotten new stones since that look like the one that I had growing up that I just love to have, but it's just so funny that now, like we are drawn, we'll get into it, but like we are drawn to the stones, whether we know it or not, because basically most of the people that I heal are people that this is the first time they're learning about energy healing. Or actually I have a few clients that are well-versed, but you can't really heal yourself. You kind of need someone else to kind of, just like a doctor can't give themselves a checkup or a dentist can't clean their own teeth. You know what I mean? Like yeah, you kind of yeah. need someone else okay, to do so- it for you you've been working on this for six years now and I am wearing my, the bracelet you gave me about two years ago. Yes. I think it was two years ago. I also have the earrings here. Yeah. And my lovely, lovely. Oh oh, yeah. Oh, those are fun. Yeah. Um, so you, uh, kind of started working more in this from the bead store. Yeah. So So the reason how I found out that I actually had this gift was I started working at this bead shop almost seven years ago, which it actually just closed. They closed its stores. COVID ended up 
kind of pushing, pushing its doors closed, mm-hmm. but it's okay. My boss is, is doing stuff from home and gets to focus more on the healing side, which is, Good. it's all a blessing in disguise. Um, the store is called Just Feed Yourself. Um, it's a make your own jewelry shop and it's geared towards children, uh, children's birthday parties. And that's where um, a large part of the, of the proceeds for the store went um, to and came from. But um, she also has a metaphysical healing side and has a whole room of gemstone beads where you can make your own gemstone jewelry. And she would do an energy test. Okay, so I'm a big believer in like good and bad energies, but I know there's like so much more to it that I don't know much about. Um, But how would you break down energy work for someone that's never seen or experienced it before? Yeah, okay. It's... It's a little hard to describe because um, it kind of has to do with just trusting the process, you know? Those who choose to come into, say you're doing a one-on-one session with me, or you're coming in even to just build jewelry, right? Create your own jewelry piece, and you're doing a little strength test, which when you come into the store, pause, so I can just say what that is. Come into the store, we have a little display of 15 of the most common gemstones um, that you would see in urban or whatever is being conceptualized (laughs) as in right now, since if there's a gemstone fad going on. Um, And we ask you to pick the first three stones that catch your eye. And I want to flag that because I'll get into um, why we are drawn to the stones we're drawn to energetically, frequency-wise, and color-wise that you, your brain, doesn't even realize is happening. All right. I'm taking Um, a note of that so you don't forget. (laughs) Okay, perfect. Um, And then we do a strength test. And there's a um, very nice scientific name that I've been working at the store for seven years and I cannot ever pronounce it or remember it. So that's okay. But we basically do a strength test where we actually see how the frequency of these stones correlate with the frequency of your body. And we see what stones make you feel stronger. And the hint hint of that is each stone has its innate frequency level, right? And we can get into chakras. I know you probably have some questions about that later on, but chakras, a term that's coined from ancient Hinduism years and years and years ago, I just call them energy portals in the body uh, as a simple way to explain it. There's technically 11 or 12, but we focus on seven main energy portals. each portal, in air quotes, has its own frequency level too. And it's not ironic that the stones have frequency levels that line up with those chakras. So if a chakra is kiltered off balance, um, you can use a stone that has that same frequency level, hold it, carry it, wear it, um, keep it on your person to help regulate that frequency to get you back towards equilibrium. And that's where the science behind it is so fascinating. Mm -hmm. And, Actually, it goes a little over my head. I have a few books that I need to kind of delve into and read to understand more deeply. It's it's so cool. And uh, like I said a little bit earlier, you kind of just have to trust and, and believe in it. So when you come in for a session and say, yeah, this is going to work for me, and you take this test and you're like, holy shit, I, I feel stronger with this stone. That's amazing. And I say to you, oh, um, you know, are you a bit of an overthinker? Like, do you, do you feel like there's a lot going on in your head all the time? And people are like, yes, how do you know that? Um, I say, well, you know, technically it's because you picked the stone Amsonite and it's a calming stone and it actually is directly related to your third eye or, you know, whatever stone you pick. Right. Just like, and this is, this is the little breakdown that I give everyone, right? So in seventh grade science class, when you learned about light, pure light, pure white light, mm-hmm there's a little bit of every single color of the rainbow to make up that pure light. And I'm sure 
at least I did in my class, we would have these problems where we could figure out what color was missing doing some equation in order to make the light pure again. It's the same way with energy in the body. So in order to have pure white light, you have to have a little bit of every color. So that's why when you see, when you see chakra diagrams, if you've ever been to a yoga class, if you're a theater kid and you've probably seen someone sitting cross-legged with, with a rainbow of color circles sure. going from red at the bottom all the way up, again, that's not ironic. That's actually how the color frequency works. When you see a rainbow, that's all frequency. And it's the colors for a reason because it's technically, I believe, and if there's someone that's super scientific listening to this and I'm wrong and I have it flip-flopped, they can leave a comment and let me know. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure um, that red is, that's our root chakra. That's all of our dark colored crystals. That's the lowest frequency. And then it goes up uh, from there. Wow. Or it's the highest frequency. I, and it goes really lower never, like, I never thought about it in the way of the prism. Yeah. I feel like that makes it way more relatable to people that might not believe in it at first, you know? Well, because it is, people think it's, oh, it's witchcraft. Oh, it's yeah. magic. Oh, it's fake. No, it's rude. It's literally, it's all frequency. Yeah, and it's energy. I'm sitting on this, the computer, everything has frequency. We hold frequency. We're drawn to the stones that we're lacking, kind of, the energies that we're lacking. So if um, lacking or there needs to be a release from, um, so a chakra can be over or under balanced. Um, a lot of people have their third eye thrown off. Hello, welcome to being a millennial. When we have 50 million things to think about at all times and a screen in front of our face reminding us of everything that's going on at all times. And time. your third eye like kind of represents your ability to see Pat. I'm just totally making this up. Oh, no, no. I have this awesome chart, which I can take a photo of and like we can okay. touch it. Yeah. Um, it gives a great breakdown of the mental, emotional strengths or blocks of each chakra. So the third, I call this chakra specifically the, over, the overthinking chakra. Um, this has to do with overview, visualizing, choices for all good, um, our psychic or subtle awarenesses of the self or others. So that's all your, yeah. how you process thought. Right. And we keep pointing to our foreheads. Yes. <laughs> um, it's, it's, you've definitely, everyone has probably heard of the third eye. It's right yeah. in the middle of your forehead. It's where people feel headaches. And again, not ironic. That's where the energy portal, again, in air quotes, because that's just the loose term I use. Um, that's where that energy portal is. Mm. So if you feel hot, if you have a fever, that's energy trying to escape. You know what I mean? It's all, it's all science. Crazy. I know. I know. It is crazy. Do you want a quick little breakdown of what each chakra is? Yeah. Is exactly. Cool. So we start with our root chakra. Again, um, that is our um, sense of security, protection. That's our red color. Um, and then stone-wise, it's all of your darks. So your hematite, um, your black tourmaline, all of these grounding and protective stones um, are for protecting your roots. So this is also... Um, your body needs safety and sexuality, actually. And technically, I, I visualize the root chakra as towards your feet, but actually your root chakra is like very close to your private parts. It's, it's right next to your sacral chakra. They're very close together. And technically, I, like I said, we focus on seven main chakras, but there's actually 11 or 12. And the right in your private area, as you can imagine, like it's complex and there's actually multiple chakras in that area, but uh, we just use the two to visualize and okay. kind of differentiate. So you have the root, 
I visualize that closer to the um, ground for beginners because I do a white light exercise um, to help clear out the chakras okay. um, where I visualize tree roots shooting out from the bottom um, of the ground all the way to the center of the earth. And that's where we find that white light. And then it really helps with the visualization mm -hmm. exercise. Um, but it really is very close to the sacral chakra, which is number two, that's orange. And yes, I'm from Jersey. So <laughs> I say orange. <laughs> um, but that is, again, a similar to, um, you know, your needs, safety, sexuality, this is your feelings and your emotional needs, mm -hmm. um, boundaries, trust, warmth, and then similar to sexuality, it's your intimacy, um, mm -hmm. your attachment and your ability to let go, uh, addictions, pleasure, joy, obviously that's like, you know, where your sex organs are, but it's not just about sex and connection with your partner. It also has to do with like passion, pleasure, joy of, what you do in this world and how you go about doing it. So it's not just sex. It yeah. has to do a lot more than that. Um, right after that, you come up to right under where your floating ribs connect. There's a little like soft spot right here. That's your solar plexus. Okay. I call it your happiness center. Um, it's a yellow chakra. Um, this chart here explains it as your mental energy, your willpower control of yourself versus others, beliefs, details, um, your thoughts. So again, this is kind of the thoughts of self, how we view ourselves, mm -hmm. which is why I say your happiness level of like, how do you, when, when you check in, when you catch yourself in the mirror, how are you feeling? Mm -hmm. um, happiness of you, which is why I think the yellow kind of correlates well with that. Yeah. Um, then you have right up in the chest area, your heart, that's self-explanatory to where your heart is. Obviously the chakra center, the energy center is a little bit more in the middle but it's, it's very close to your heart. Um, Self-explanatory love. This chakra is green or pink. There's actually this stone unikite that is naturally found that's green and pink. And it's like super cool and has very strong frequency specifically for um, unblocking oh, wow. negative and stuck energy in the heart. But this is um, harmony, trust, lovingness, your gentleness of loving yourself, um, and again, you're going to see some interconnection between the chakras, things that can kind of coincide together. Yeah. Um, you know, that's normal. Okay. Um, the, the ability to give and to receive love. So that exchange flowing in and out. A lot of times people will have their heart chakra blocked. Mine was completely blocked, not even under or over energized because I was pushing so much love out and really was not letting any come back in. So there was like, it was just frozen. We can get to that. Um, moving on up, a really pretty blue color is your throat chakra. This is your communication chakra. Um, clearly communicating feelings, thoughts, speaking up, um, and releasing, breathing, um, healing. There's a lot of stuff going on in there. You can tell if someone's over-energized, if you find them saying the wrong thing at the wrong time, uh, kind of stepping on people's toes. If you're under-energized, um, you're not speaking up for yourself uh, or using your voice or feel like you can't get your voice out in a room. That's an easy way to tell that the throat chakra is off. Um, we kind of touched on the third eye. This color is indescribable unless you kind of do a session with me and I can unlock it. It's and when I do these sessions with people and they see it, they're like, uh, a lot of people cry <laughs> in a good way. They're like, I have never seen this color before. And I can actually feel the darkness falling away. That's crazy. It's like this really cool, 
purpley blue, like deep indigo, but it's also bright. It's, it's super cool. Um, but again, this, this uh, third eye just has to do with overthinking. Um, and then you have your crown chakra, which is at the tip top of your head. Um, and that is compassion at oneness, seeing yourself and others. I see it as your connection to your higher, your higher self and the higher good. So like whatever God, spirit, energy thing you choose to believe in mm-hmm. and connecting to those who have passed. Wow. So that's a little breakdown on all of that. A lot Thank of talk. <laughs> no, I, no, but I know that like, even when I try to explain chakras, like I know what they are, but I do a horrible job explaining them. And I know that there's plenty because of people it's, it's, that don't uh, know. It's challenging. Yeah, yeah. it's challenging. Um, was your heart chakra blocked while you were working at the store? So, uh, yes. And <laughs> yeah, my boss did a whole healing on me. And I was like, I'm going to be open. Every single chakra was off balance. Because it was my first time doing it. So it's also not ironic. <clears throat> excuse me. It's not ironic that um, the first time someone comes in and does a session with me or someone else, that a lot of chakras are off. This is the, it's like you're going in for an oil change with your car. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's the first time you're realizing you want to refine and retune your energy. Mm-hmm. Um, not every chakra is going to be open. Your root chakra, your sense of security and protection, our world is on fire. No one's root chakra is open right now. Where is the sense of security or safety with this pandemic? You know what I mean? So like not every chakra is going to be perfectly in alignment and that's okay. Uh, My chakras are not aligned right now. That's okay. I I can do daily um, meditations to kind of realign and and heal myself because I've been working at it for six years. Well, I feel like it's even just this highlights how responsive our bodies are to you know, what's happening, you know, in our minds, in the, in our world. Um, well, that connects to a point that I wanted to make about the, the little note that we made. Okay. Um, we are drawn with like your favorite color. What you said, you're, you're drawn to blues and okay. what else? Um, <laughs> I'm drawn to blues and I get like, I, I never wear pink, but like, I like pink. You're drawn to, yeah. 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 It's so, so basic, sorry. <laughs> no, it isn't because you're an overthinker and you keep too much in your brain. It, it makes sense that you're drawn to blue because, and the best way to describe this for me is like when you see your favorite color, you're in Marshalls and you're in the um, throw pillow and blanket aisle. Okay. You're okay. going to go to the color that you like. And Here's you're like, Lauren, oh, this- do you not see this blue blanket on my bed right now? <laughs> And the pink pillow. <laughs> like my, my room is blue because we, when you walk into your space and a lot of people's spaces are white, they want to sense the feeling of cleanliness and mm. clean. My um, room in New York was completely white. Yeah. Um, we are drawn to the colors that we need. So our favorite color is literally our, literally, sorry, cannot speak. It is literally our body's way of saying, hey, I'm dehydrated of this color frequency. I love it and I need it. So I want to see it all the time. Do you know what's so funny? Is that like I'm, I'm about to get my <laughs> nails done again. And I was thinking to myself, like, I, this month I need to be like grounded. I need a color that's like I can look at my nails and feel like. <laughs> you, mean, you mean the dark purple that I got on my nails to remind <laughs> me to stay grounded? <laughs> Isn't that yeah. funny? 
Yes, it's cr- it's crazy, and you're a little bit more aware because I've been teaching you over the yeah. like it's yeah. funny like you kind of know that, but a lot of people like when I guess their favorite color and they're like, how did you know that? Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, because your sacral chakra's off. So like I know that you're drawn to like burnt oranges and browns, and they're like, no one knows my favorite color is brown. That's a weird color to have, you know what I mean? And like mm-hmm. people get like not offended, they're just like surprised, and I'm like, yeah. no, it's actually because of your energy frequency imbalance in your body, and they're like. That makes no sense. <laughs> okay, so can you talk a little bit about like how um, you've witnessed this take effect for someone else, maybe like doing one yeah. of these sessions? Sure. Um, and I, I think she'll be okay with me sharing this, but my first um, you session- You can keep her name out and everything. Yeah, I will. Yeah. Um, my first session that I did all on my own um, was a friend of mine- who went to school with us a few years before. Um, and she was pretty blocked in her throat, third eye and crown, very blocked actually. So how I go about this in a healing session is I use a pendulum, which I can maybe send a little video showing you how the pendulum works because it really is cool. Wait, I literally um, had a question listed with this, but I called it a white ball because I didn't know what you called it. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Um, so a pendulum, mine that I use, it can be with any stone, but I use clear quartz because it's an all-knowing stone. So a pendulum you can ask questions to and, and the energy from the universe. Fiona has seen this. She, uh-huh. can, she can totally vouch for me that I leave my hand very still and I just say, pendulum, show me yes. It'll move in some direction. For me, it's back and forth right in front of me. Show me no, it's left to right. And then show me, I don't know. And it'll move in a circle. I shit you not. It, it just does it. But I've also been doing this for six years. So I've like kind of found my way in to the energy of the universe. And it's, again, not like, it's not like spooky energy, like a Ouija board. <laughs> I would, I would, and honestly, I will say this. I will never do a Ouija board because I know that I have some sort of spiritual connection where I can connect to, I, I, talk to my spirit guides every day. That's a, another thing that we can get into. It's just like a, your thoughts. Yeah. And anyway. okay. because I have this strong connection, because I can see light and darkness in people, I never want to open up and see that dark energy because I don't, I don't know if it'll latch on to me. If it'll, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't understand how that works. And I don't want to like take advantage of and that's why I also, because tarot, some people put like a negative connotation to tarot. I think that tarot can be a beautiful thing mm-hmm. for me, just being a light worker um, and wanting to focus on that. I, I pull other types of cards that are like actually like light worker cards or light based cards instead. Yeah. Um, and I think I'm like totally like, I like your work and I feel like it's only beneficial I was talking to my friends this the other day about getting like, you know, readings done or psychic readings. And I don't want to know when you think I'm going to die. You know, like that is just something I don't want to know. Like I don't, there's certain things that I, and I don't know how much of it I would believe anyway, but I don't know how that information would benefit me. You know, the information that you provide is beneficial to like, my present being. Well, a million percent agreed with you. The tarot is fascinating because I've just done it with some friends that I trust. 
Yeah. And a few times, like I have no problem getting it done, but I just don't think that I will lead it and want to connect that way. It's personal preference. Again, it, there's no negative connotation to it, just me personally. Um, it's also just a little overwhelming to learn. It's a lot of material. Um, and I already have enough going on with all my chakra stuff and I still have so much more to learn. Um, I was talking to a guy, Fiona, you know this, who um, it ended up just like, he was just a mean, he did, the way it ended was just, he was just a turd. But I did a reading, like I had this date and something felt a little off afterwards. It was an amazing date. I had so much fun. Um, and I did a reading and, and <laughs> she goes, I just wanted to see what was gonna happen. Like, what was going to happen in the next month? And she looked for these cards. She's like, oh, my God, he's hiding something from you. There's all of this negative energy. And I was like, the session happened. I was like, I wish I didn't do that because I really, like, I think I love this guy. Like, you know it. (laughs) I I was like, I think I love this guy. Like, I really want to date him and be in a relationship with him. And, um, it ends up falling apart and again, it's fine. And it, but the cards were right. Like, do you think though, like just to play devil's advocate, do you think that like knowing that information kind of manifested the outcome or like, you know, I, I think, I, right. I think kind of, you think so? A little bit, maybe. I, I don't know. Cause I it don't puts know. it in like the back, it puts it in the back of your brain all the time it, where you're like, yeah well, this is now how I've been told it's going to end. Right. Well, but what if it's a good outcome? Like, but then it's like kind of like, you know what I mean? So like, if it's a great outcome, then people are like, it's going to work out fine. I don't need to worry. But you don't know what the cards are going to be that you pull. So sometimes I just don't, sometimes I just would rather risk it. Right. Yeah. Totally. Totally. But that's just me. I don't know. Anyway, No, I, I agree with you. Sometimes I take, obviously I take the gamble because that's how that ended up, which is fine. Hinge is playing, playing with fire a little bit. Okay. Yeah, seriously. Sorry. <laughs> I, I, to- I totally distracted you from my initial question about the pendulum and like seeing the healing work for others. So you wanted to talk about your first reading. So, so what I do is, so I explain how the pendulum works. Yes. You can ask questions, but I also use the pendulum to show me. I go over each chakra in the body. A person lies down on a yoga mat with a little pillow, and I go through each chakra with them. And depending on which way the pendulum swings, that's how I'm able to depict um, uh, if the if the chakra is open or closed and how much energy is there. Um, there's a whole worksheet that I'll try to find so you can see it. And if not, I'll just make a video. Um, but the goal for an open chakra is for the pendulum to swing in a clockwise circle. It's about six inches in diameter. Sounds specific, but that's how I'm able to gauge if it's over or under energized. Okay. Um, if it's counterclockwise, that means that there's, you know, energy that needs to be released. Again, that's not a bad thing. It doesn't end. And then depending on how much the pendulum swings, if it's a really small circle, it means you're under energized. You need to lift up that frequency to get back towards equilibrium. If it's swinging, which I believe it was, to, I did a session with you, right or no? I okay, I don't think you did a full session with me, but I remember being in your apartment one day. I think probably senior year, and yeah. I I just remember running backwards. <laughs> running oh backwards. yeah 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 because you were tired. Yeah, that's a whole other little mini experiment. Yeah, but um, if the pendulum really starts swinging, and it'll look, I'll again do a video to show you and I will move it myself to show you what it looks like. 
but it is. I have clients that can vouch. Um, it, it'll, you, you can see the energy of the chakra and how much is wound up and stuck. And when I see it swinging like that, where it's almost like flat, cause it is flying so high and so fast, like a helicopter wing, um, that there's energy that needs to be released. So then I look, and then if it's, if it's swinging in a clockwise rotation, I'm like, great, we don't need to tap into this chakra. Maybe I do. I put a few stones for that chakra on it just to make sure that it's resonating at the frequency it needs to be. Um, other than that, I kind of leave those alone. I kind of just focus on the ones that are um, not, not centered, are off balance. Um, then I go in through each one. I have um, the person that I'm working on close their eyes. I guide them through a meditation. I kind of go into their field of vision. And I say, you know, I'm going to try to clear out some darkness. I'm going to ask you on your exhale to try to push the darkness away. And you're going to try to see white light. And once you see all the darkness melt away, I'm going to send you a color. And that's me taking energy from the universe. And I send the person a color. And once it's there and they see it, I talk them through it. They talk me through things they see. I might go through different patterns with my selenite, which helps to just, it's a little wand that I have that helps pull out the dark energy. Um, I might do different patterns for them and ask what they see. And I know that I'm in tune when they're like, oh, I see you making an infinity sign. And I'm like, yeah, I am. And they're mm. like, whoa, I see darkness swirling. And then I see white. Huh. It's, like, it's crazy. That, so I'm like, great. So we're in tune. You're seeing what I'm seeing. Okay. Or I'll be like, okay, everything looks good, except the bottom right corner has some, mm -hmm. and then they say darkness. Like, it's just crazy. Like, we really can see the same thing. Okay. Um, and once uh, I clear that all out, send all the colors, I take um, the pendulum again, make sure that it's all going counterclockwise in each chakra. We do a white light meditation um, from the ground up to just kind of lock everything in. Usually these sessions take like an hour and a half, two hours. It's like a process. Um, but it's great. And, and people tend to feel, will either feel immediately five pounds lighter or they'll feel a little shitty after because they can feel the shift. Yeah. And I always say, drink a lot of water, take a hot shower, eat your favorite meal. Um, and then the next day I check in and people are like, yeah, I, I feel amazing. Like it just, mm -hmm. and when I get my chakras realigned or I have energy work done, I just feel so much lighter because think about it. Like our world right now is just a lot to take in. It's heavy. There's so much hatred going on in our world um, that we can't even control. Like we, we can do our best to support our community, but there's just a lot going on and not to get into politics at all because that's not what this is about, but there's a lot of darkness, a lot of darkness. How do we control the things we can't control? We can meditate. We could take two minutes and try to picture white light going through our body. That sounds silly, but if it makes you feel better after, and that's why I- you understand how, how many times I have just- I'll just lie on the floor for like three that's minutes. Tell, that's what I tell people to do. Yeah. I did it for every audition. And that's why people that kind of make fun of my gemstone collection, which has grown immensely. I can show you a side by side of a year ago to now. It's like a little <laughs> uh, disturbing. And by disturbing to me, I think it's beautiful because my collection, I use the gems to heal people. Yeah. When people kind of laugh at me or say, you know, the gemstones don't do anything. I'm like, well, for you, it doesn't. But for me, and I've spent years studying this right. and it helps me feel better and more calm. Why does it matter to you? It's though? a like, rock. Like 
the like, rock. That's great. <laughs> right. And it, it came from the earth. And just knowing yeah. the science behind it. And the crazy thing is, so I'm kind of next level because, you know, I really love this stuff. When I order stones or I buy stones, I can feel it'll vibrate in my hand if it's a frequency that I need or I feel like it's good vibes. Like I slept with one the other night because my heart was just feeling heavy. And I just kept it in my hand because I can't keep it on my heart right now. Um, vibra- vibrating. And I slept so well. And I woke up feeling better about the thing I was worried about. And again, is it placebo effect? To me, no, because there's science behind it. And I've researched that. And I have lived it and seen it through other people. So I know it's not. But for people that don't necessarily buy into it, but like the idea or love the bracelets I make them, like... I've probably sold over 500, 600 bracelets in the past two years, Um, two, three years. Every single person, when I put it on, I felt better because I told you when buying this bracelet, it's going to make you feel calm. It's going to help you focus. It's going to ground you. And that enough saying these stones do those things tells the brain, oh, I don't, I don't need to worry about this today. I have this bracelet. But and, and you do choose stones based on the person and what they need. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So it's um, custom made. Yeah. Oh yeah. Each piece of jewelry that I make is custom made. And I'll have a conversation with you. So yeah. I'll say, you know, what do you think's going on right now in your life? And um, like, what do you, which, what area do you think you need help with? And then I, I usually send a few options with a breakdown of what the stones mean. And they're like, this is, per- I, this is perfect. Yeah. Also in the hundreds of bracelets or earrings, necklaces that I've made, it's funny because I kind of think of each person and not meditate, but I just think about them, think about the layout. I think I've probably had five that people are like, I don't really like that. Everyone else is like, I, this is perfect. Don't change a thing. It's funny because, so I got these earrings from you in May, April, I think April April or May. And I was oh my gosh, just like, I mean, as everyone was, it was like the beginning where it was really tough to like, I mean, talking about like five stages of grief, I feel like I was still like fully in denial um, and was having a hard time interacting with my family because, you know, my, my attitude was pretty poor given the circumstances. And I remember we were going out to dinner the first time, like in an outdoor seating first time like out of the house uh for father's day so I guess that was June and I wore these and I was just like like you can be nice like you can be you know chill with your family and I mean I believe in them but also it was kind it kind of gave me a separate entity to kind of put that burden into where I didn't have to embody it anymore For me, it's having a physical reminder of what the metaphysical properties mean. So to have have the stone to carry in my bra or in my pocket or to wear the earrings or the necklace or the confidence-boosting kyanite before an audition because that stone is specific to the throat chakra, which uh, helps with singing. To put that on my wrist and say, I'm going to nail this audition because I have this singing stone on my wrist is like, I have no nerves. The stone's going to carry me, you know, the physicalness for me and for a lot of people, they find that that helps them and that should be enough. You know what I mean? There also is plenty of science to back it up for those who need that extra mile. Yeah. Okay. So because you mentioned auditioning, 
on what one hand, <laughs> I know, God, on one hand, I can see how being this in tune with yourself would be beneficial for acting. But it's also interesting that you ended up in theater because I feel like the sheer nature of, um, you know, light working in a theatrical environment, like, can take advantage of that kind of person. I don't, th there's like a cattiness often that I feel like would make it difficult to honestly just like stay calm and collected. Yeah. So like, I know like you can be a little catty yourself, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> But did you ever feel like those worlds kind of like clashed? It's funny. The more that I got into this work, the more, and it's funny just to go on a little theater derail. Yeah. Um, see, in high school, I had a drama teacher that was really hard on me. Um, he didn't give me a part until my senior year, but always cast me and made me become the, the hard, hard worker that I am. And um, put me up against my best friend for all the roles and would always pick her. And I went to a meeting with him. Uh, my junior year, and I said, you know, I, I want to study musical theater in college. And he said, I think you're going to have a hard time. I, I, I think you're going to struggle. And I said, thanks. And um, left, cried with my mom. We went and got Dairy Queen. And she said, you know what this means? And I said, no, what? And she said, you have to start working hard to prove him wrong. And I went in. I got into one of the best schools in the country for musical theater. All this story is to say, he, he I think, wanted to push me to get to my my best level, my personal best. And he said, um, from freshman year, you are not competing with anyone else but yourself. It is all a puzzle piece. It doesn't matter if the person that walks in before or after you is a famous Broadway star, has all these credits, is much more talented than you are. If you walk in and are right for the role, you're right for the role and you're the right fit. So why would you compare yourself to anyone around you. And luckily that stuck with me. These people that try to sabotage and get in your head in the audition room, because there are people that not were trained to be that way, but feel that that's their way in to make themselves feel better. And that's okay. That's their way of coping, not mm -hmm. mine. I just think it's, it's a waste of, of energy to try to make someone else feel small. You know what I mean? Talking yeah. about physical energy transactions. Um, we're all going so in for true. the same thing. We're all going in for the same thing where one of us is going to get it and it's, it's out of my control. Is that What's really the best control? way to spend your energy? The only thing that's in my control is what I do when I walk in the room yeah, and how I respond and react to the people around me. So it's just like, if you're going to have an energetic exchange with someone talking completely science, why would you put negativity out into the world? A and B, why would you waste, waste time trying to make someone else feel small? Okay, so, so I, I just think it's important to just be kind and send, and I know that sounds cliche and maybe no. annoying, but it just is, it's too important, especially now. <laughs> no, I, so I've been able, I, I can distinctly remember over the past two years getting better at um, recognizing more quickly when bad energies kind of enter my circle. Yeah. Um, and I know for like fellow overthinkers, it can be easy to make excuses for those toxic energies. Um, but how do you recommend people start kind of like figuring that out? So to um, be completely honest with you, I'm, I turned 24 in two weeks from today. Happy birthday. And, <laughs> thanks. And I'm um, just learning how to do that. And I've been a light worker, realized that I'm this light worker and I've been working on strengthening and honing my skills for six years now. 
Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. It's a hard thing to do. What you need to do really is you need to work on protecting your energy, your own energy field every day, especially in the theater world, because you're, you, we just have so much exchange. We have tons of exchanges of energy throughout the day. Um, and we're high energy, high caliber people as performers. Um, it's just important. And, and protecting yourself doesn't mean putting up a guard and being catty towards anyone else. It's just that, you know, for people that are oversharers and um, come to you with their problems and want you to be there for them because you're a good friend, um, how do you do that? But also um, save and protect your energy so there's some left for you at the end of the day. Um, Aaron Farrell Spear, who was an MFA at Penn State, gave me this great analogy um, of being a server in a restaurant and you grab a handful of silverware at the beginning of the day. Um, you have to do your job, but you need to make sure there's a spoon, fork, and a knife for you at the end of the day to eat. So, and I love that. I love that analogy that like, you need to make sure there's something left in your cup for you. You need to make sure you have utensils to get through the day. Yeah. You need to make sure that there's enough left for you. And for years, I was running on fumes because I was like, I wanted to be liked. I cared too much about what people thought about me. And am I fully healed from that now? No, I'm a performer. Of course I care what people think about me, but mm -hmm. I've had to kind of take a step back and reflect on, I can't be everything to everyone as much as I want to be, as much as I want to be. I, I have to make sure there's at least a fork and knife. And if I can have a spoon for some dessert, great. Oh my gosh. But I have to make sure there's something left for me. Yeah. Um, and I'm still working on how to do that. So for people that are first starting out, I'd say that's the best first step is you can still be that great person. We need more great people in, in right now more than ever to be reaching out, to be taking those stands, to be checking in on the people that need help. Um, but also just make sure you check in with yourself. Put your mask on first. Put your mask on first. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Seriously. And I guess like, I guess meditation kind of sounds intimidating for people that don't do it that often. But like you said, just lying on the floor. My form of med, I don't do, um, and maybe I should be doing deeper meditation. But for me, it's um, taking deep breaths and letting my thoughts flow. I'm not a big journaler, you would expect me to be, but I just kind of like to let my mind run. I pick different stones each day and I sit with them and I just think. And sometimes I say affirmations. Um, I can pick out a few that maybe we can include just for people yeah. to have. Um, I do the white light meditation often because it's a really great visualizer for me. I'm someone that, and I, I'm gonna um, record that soon. Okay. and put it on my Instagram page so people can look for that if they want to listen to like a 15-minute guided meditation. It's great oh, cool. at night before you go to bed. It's great to do first thing in the morning. Um, I like that because for me with the chakras, I'm able to see like, okay, in my root chakra, um, sexuality, actions, protection, safety, what can I let go? Deep breath in and out. <sighs> and on that exhale, I'm pushing away the darkness. I'm trying to cleanse myself. Mm. Um, that's kind of that's kind of what I do. It's funny because the way I picture you meditating is um, in college, Lauren and I would often rendezvous at these tables in the theater building. And 
in between classes and more often than not she would have her head down in her backpack with her headphones in and like said she was meditating for five to ten minutes but I'm so convinced that she was just asleep I was I absolutely was <laughs> listen you can get a nap in whenever whenever <laughs> no honestly it's impressive <laughs> um okay so you mentioned this in when we were talking beforehand about um what to discuss and I feel like now would be the time to bring it up can you talk a little bit about toxic positivity yeah Totally. Um, I have a lot of thoughts on it because I think that I totally was thrown into it. And actually, um, to get a little personal, just because I feel comfortable sharing it, is like uh, sophomore year of college was kind of where I was at my lowest and um, felt the need to. I had a teacher, Tess Dignan, um, pull me aside one day she was a voice and speech teacher and does a lot of this kind of work and she said um she has this like beautiful british accent she was like lauren i um you don't like yourself and i was like yes i do and she was like you don't and i know it and i think you need to work on it because you have a beautiful smile and the smile you bring to class is real but there's a lot of hurt inside and you need and you need to work on that and I, I was like, I smiled and was like, okay, cried, left the class, <laughs> cried, 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 because she was right. And yeah. I knew deep down that like, I had some deep rooted um, eating problems, some deep rooted self-confidence issues that I was putting on a brave smile for, brave in air quotes, posting all these quotes, positivity, positivity. If I just, if I'm positive, I'm not hurting. And, and that's what I think the toxic positivity is. Yeah. And um, I would say only in the last two years, my senior year of college, I really felt like I started to dig deep with that. Junior year was all about working on myself, taking some time, going on dates by myself, going to therapy. Um, that was sophomore year as well. I'm just kind of digging into like what I, when I looked in the mirror, what demons I was facing and how could I let them go? How can I let the darkness go? Talking about, you know, release negative energy. Um, and it's really hard, A, being a woman in our society today and the societal standards that we have today, and B, being in theater and look, being in, in front of a mirror um, for 10 hours a day. Yeah. It's hard. Um, and again, I'm not healed. This is going to be a daily thing for the rest of my life, but I have put in some work of just finding out who is Lauren? What does she like? I love quotes. Quotes are great. Um, they, sometimes it's exactly what someone needs to see to brighten their day, but to constantly push out, just be happy, only yeah. good vibes. It, every, not every day is going to be happy. I mean, if you're like only addressing that part of it it feels like it can be superficial and it's yeah. definitely not meant to be but right oh and right right people were like uh a lot of times people will say like i just cannot believe lauren is this nice like i i i cannot she doesn't seem to be i'm i'm losing my words we can snip 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 it's, wait this is so funny that you're saying that because when i <laughs> when i first met you <laughs> how many years ago is that now um, um Six? No, no, no. No. Like, my freshman year summer. So like five, almost five years ago. Five. So five years ago. Um, when I first met you and 
like a few of my friends first met you they were like no she's super nice but she might be crazy <laughs> it was like <laughs> and like they were kind of convinced that like not they there was one person that was like kind of convinced that you would end up like being crazy and like you know we're five years down the line we're, we're five years down the line so I can like say that you're usually not crazy we all have a crazy side do we not lie have, yourself no 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 okay wait yeah I want to be clear about that yeah, I also I think we all have crazy. good and bad energies I had toxic tendencies like we're all capable of these things no one's perfect yeah. um yeah. but I just thought that was so That's hilarious I think I honestly to be completely transparent if I didn't start doing the work I needed to do to kind of check myself a little bit I think I probably would have turned out crazy. <laughs> what do you mean? Because I wouldn't yeah. have been taking the time to heal, heal myself. Yeah. Um, and I'm nowhere near done, but I'm, I'm on the way. And, um, I, I felt stuck. I felt like I, I could see who I wanted to be as a person and was kind of grasping at straws to try to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, but until this teacher pulled me aside and encouraged me to do some self-reflection this is now on almost year four of doing that. And I feel like every year I say like 22, I'm like, I'm the most me I've been 23. No, I'm the most me I've been at 24 after almost seven months of a global pandemic where we have all of this time to sit and think I'm like, no, actually this is the most me that I I feel like. And every day I'm learning on, okay, what can I let go? How can I be more authentic? Like I'm definitely someone that sees um, the glass half full. I always will. I'm very happy and proud of um, that optimistic side that I have, but I think it's really important to also talk about the bad days. Um, You don't need to post about them or write a Facebook rant or whatever. Cause again, for me personally, I feel like, dispelling i'm not sure if that's even the right word to use but like releasing pushing out negative energy into the world isn't the the best use of time like perpetuates it yeah yeah uh yeah a little bit um but i also i'm totally one to say like today was a horrible day but here's some ice cream that i'm eating that's making me feel better like i i'm definitely not pretending like everything is perfect all the time like i used to do it's like a happy medium Totally. And, and that's, that's my view on toxic positivity is we need people out there that like I did this positivity project where every day for a year, I posted a quote, even on days. And that was in um, me starting to come out of not this fake. I, I wouldn't call myself ever fake. I thought I was authentic then, but I was covering up a lot of insecurity. And, and my friends knew that my yeah. friends knew that. And, and in recent years, they said, you know, like it's, just nice to see you again. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, the more authentic version of you. And I'm like, me too. I, it was cool. I, mean, I don't think that anyone that is quote unquote fake thinks of themselves that way. Right. And not to put that label on you ever either, but. Right. Um, yeah. No, no, I, I, right, right. I just, I'm definitely, I mean, colleges are, are, is the years for you to kind of figure out who you are and what you want to be. And I was working through it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm definitely still, happy. I'm still working through it. Yeah. Oh, there's no <laughs> end goal. There is yeah. no end goal. Yeah. Definitely, I'm still working through it. Um, but this work has helped me become proud of the progress that I've made. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, after like 
Oh, no. Do you want to keep going? Oh, I was just going to say, people can think I'm a little cuckoo banana pants for posting about crystals often. That's okay. Because it doesn't, it, and sophomore year me would have been worried about what those people think. Yeah. And I, now I'm just like, the unfollow button's there. Yeah. Like, we are not harming anyone in the process. Right. And, oh, but just to finish my thought about the positivity project, there would be people like at least like three to 10 people a day would respond to my quote and say, I needed this. And I was like, that's the reason why I'm doing it, you know? And that's the reason why I still post stuff now. When now I'm not posting stuff to post yeah. on my feed, on my stories, whatever. I'm posting things when I see something and I'm like, oh, oh I, I like this. Or, oh, this is important to share. Or, you know, like I wouldn't post a uh, quote on my feed because what if I didn't get over 150 likes? <laughs> I would have to delete it. Like, do you remember that phase? Like, yeah, of course. Yeah. Now I'm like, I don't care. If, this, if I like this, I'm going to post it. Right. Anyway, I digress. Yeah. So, okay. As your energy work has grown, um, how has that informed your relationship to yourself? You kind of touched on this, but how has that <laughs> informed your relationship to yourself and your own self-esteem or like body positivity. I know you've been on a fitness journey and you've been pretty vocal about that, but um, if you were open to talking about it, I'd love to hear a bit. I just think that as I am um, clearing out any stuck gunk in the body, it kind of has just geared me towards like, wow, my energy is getting stronger and more clear. Uh, what if I allowed my body to be that way too? Mm. Um, I think I was a little scared to be completely transparent, uh, heading into, heading into this pandemic, knowing that we would be at home, um, back when we were in the unknowns, not that we're not in the unknown now, but at least we are able to sit outside and eat and people are going back to work. But back when, um, we were wiping down every item from the grocery store and all of that, um, I was really scared that, um, my eating stuff would come back, uh, cause I couldn't really control, I couldn't make food by myself in an apartment. Um, I was just kind of scared. So I kind of jumped onto the fitness side because I was like, you know what? I'm not going to diet during a pandemic because that's crazy. If you do that, great for you. Um, I only wanted to eat ice cream and cheese. It's for the first month of the pandemic. And I did do all of those things. Um, but Orange Theory, which I actually now work at, partially because I get free membership. <laughs> God. Well, that's honestly um, worth it. Right. Um, offered these free online Zoom classes. So I started doing them every day. And I also had a friend that was doing online via Instagram, Kathleen Carter, hitting her up because she's amazing. 30-minute um, bar method-y type class workouts. And I did that every day too, because I went from auditioning in New York for theater um, auditions and things to having literally nothing to do. Yeah. My hostessing and serving job shut down. I had nothing. I had no schedule. And these classes were at 10.30 or 10 a.m. and noon. And I knew that I could sleep until 9.55, brush my teeth, do the bar workout in my pajamas, <laughs> eat something, and do this workout at noon. Like I had, I had at least a schedule for my morning to do something. And it just so happened that I also you know, got a workout out of it and, um, you know, felt some endorphins, felt, felt a high afterwards. Right. Cause I want to like make a distinction when 
and and I can cut this if you don't want to be. Oh, it's okay. Uh, if you don't want to talk about it, but like we went from eating issues in kind of the body dysmorphia world mm-hmm. to a fitness journey that that's purpose was not about the physical per se, but about the, the endorphins. Oh, a hundred percent. So I think why this fitness journey is working for me mm-hmm. is because, um, it's, I, I don't weigh myself. It's not about, um, the scale. Dude, I went to the doctor the other day and they weighed me and told me, and I was like, I didn't ask. <laughs> I didn't want to know. <laughs> um, and because not that it matters, it's just a number, yeah. but but it's still, it's, yeah, it's scary. Again, being a woman in this, in yeah. today's society, it's scary. Um, I think why this fitness journey has been so good for me and why I've been so vocal about it is again, having such crazy body dysmorphia and feeling like feeling guilty for the food that I was eating, but I wanted to be like, no, I'm going to eat, um, what I want because I'm allowed to, and the world's on fire. Um, for me, it was kind of like, well, I'm working out and I burned this many calories. So I'm just going to eat when I'm hungry. Like I, I burned this today instead of doing, you know, sitting around, which don't worry, plenty of days. I only watch TV. Like you need rest days too. But on days where I was like, you know what? I think I, I would love some endorphins running through me because you feel so, I felt so good after these workouts. Yeah. It made me want to go sit outside or even go for a walk after that. It like kind of gave me motivation or to go call a friend and check in on them when other parts of the pandemic have felt like crazy lonely and you don't, and you don't have the motivation. But once I clicked on the Zoom there was a teacher leading me through it. Coach Kayla is amazing. One of my best friends now. Um, she's guiding me through it. I can't stop because she'll call me out. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay, for this 45 minutes, I'm in it. Mm-hmm. And it, the time flies by. You've taken many of the classes with me. I, like, I have. And like, I kind of like, I'm sad that they're over because especially doing them at 12 o'clock. And I know that that's, you know, not something that everyone can do. But because of the time of day it was, it set me up to have that much more energy through the rest of my day and do things that I probably wouldn't have if I was working with the schedule I am now, which is like I work out at like five or six o'clock, you know, it's not, it doesn't work as well for me, but right, right. I also have control over that. I could, I could wake up earlier. But, but again, like... And that's why Orange Theory is so great is because, and why people, why people pay the price of the membership, because as soon as you walk in the doors, you're taken care of. Mm. Someone tells you, instructs you on what to do and how to get through the workout. It's great. Not to plug Orange Theory, but. um, But They do still have their YouTube videos up from the classes. So you don't have to pay an arm and a leg to like be a member if you are able to do them at home. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, totally. Um, but anyway, I just wanted to circle back to yes, um, a friend who I did the healing session on. Okay. Thank you for reminding me because I <laughs> completely forgotten. Continue. It's so okay. this was back, way back when I asked you <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, to share the effects that you've seen doing the session on another person. Um, yeah. So I went through her chakras. She had like a little bit in her solar plexus and then complete blockages. Like the pendulum didn't move on her throat, third eye and crown. 
And basically, this is my first one on my own, but my boss was watching me, making sure I was doing everything right, because she's been training me for the past six years and like helping me expand my, um, excuse me, intuition and my third eye so that I can see the energy. So I'm like kind of, anyway, we get through um, the throat and she sees, she sees the blue and we probably spent almost three hours on her healing because it took some time to let this gun go. Um, and when she saw each color, she just immediately started crying and she really saw things very vividly um, and in her third eye too. But when we got to her crown, because the crown is your oneness and your connection to um, God, to whoever you believe in and people who have passed, she was very close with her grandmother and um, saw her and talked to her. Like opened the door and her grandma told, like I have chills across my whole body right now. And she's crying and she's like, my grandma is saying I'm okay. Like I'm talking to her and she says, you're doing a great job. Like you are going to get through this. I'm okay up here. You're going to see me one day. Like I'm okay. And like, she's crying. I'm like holding this pendulum above her forehead. Like, or um, she was sitting up at this time over her head. Yeah. I'm like shaking. Cause I'm like, how am I doing this? Like, it's crazy. crazy. And she felt um, immediately lighter. And the next day she said, she just felt so light and amazing. And um, I ended up being in her wedding. <laughs> <laughs> We've become crazy. so close. She feels like it actually encouraged her to have a career change and wow. quit her job and start fresh and all this stuff. And it was a huge help to her. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we've been, we've been close ever since. I mean, it's kind of just like, why not feel more connected and more grounded? You know? It's right. For, right. Right. And for the, some of these people that I've done the sessions with, they're just like, oh, I feel, I just feel lighter. I feel better. Yeah. And if anything, it's a gift to yourself of two hours of self-care. Yeah. I'm taking care of, I'm doing the brunt work. You're laying down, closing your eyes and just telling me what you see. I love it. <laughs> I love that kind of stuff. Yeah. Right. It feels like you're getting taken care of. That's amazing. Wait, also, actually, I want to tell you this story and I might cut it before, but just because you, about her grandma. Yeah. Um, so my grandma had, uh, was pregnant before she had my mom and I guess this was the fifties. She went into labor and went to the hospital by herself and kept ringing the bell, like in the hospital room because she was like in labor and a nurse, no one ever showed up. So she ended up giving, delivering her own baby in this hospital room and it was stillborn. So like, could you alone, alone, could you imagine? Anyway, so it was a boy and they were going to name him Greg because my grandparents met at the Gregory club. Fast forward. My mom was in college and, um, a girl on her floor that she like didn't know super well, like, saw her in the hall one day or something was like, Oh my gosh, I had this dream about you last night. And my mom was like, Oh, that's funny. Like what happened? She was like, well, it was like you and your brother. And my mom was like, I don't have a brother. And she was like, no, you, yeah, you did. Like his name was Greg. Holy. I am full. Body. And my mom was like, um, why would you like, how, how would you possibly know that? Oh, isn't that crazy? 
so I, I, I am not well versed in this, Yeah. but there are people that, that carry these messages from the past, from past lives, from all of the stuff. My friend did a, this past life regression reading and, and this person was telling her that her grandma's energy is in someone else in her life. And it's this type of person, it's this type of energy. And my friend was like, oh my God. Yeah. Yes. Like, wow. uh, yeah. Um, I see it. And it, it's, I don't understand it. Again, that's like totally above and beyond. Isn't my it? Understanding I know. I know. I can't even. But I believe it. I believe yeah. it 100%. I went to one therapy session at Penn State separate from the school. And it was actually at this woman's house. And she like does energy stuff with the therapy session. And she basically said all these things about my life that were true. And I'm like, how do you know this? And she told me, she said, you were a healer in a past life. And you actually heal when you perform. And that's why people are drawn to you when, you watch, when they watch you. And I was like, and it's funny because That's even so when cool. I was in the ensemble in high school, people would say like, I watched you. Like I was watching you yeah. on stage and I'm not one of those like, gotcha. Like I just kind of did my thing, you know, mm-hmm. but people were like, I watched you. And I will never forget Libby Rosenfeld after my sophomore studio showcase came up to me and said, um, I just feel safe when I watch you. You just make me feel safe. And John Simpkins said that after Legally Blonde as well. And those are the best compliments I've ever, ever received. Because to know that when someone is That's really specific. Like. Is, and it, that, that's the best gift that I've ever received is, is both of those comments. Are both that's of those cool. Comments. I feel like that brings it back to, because I, I mentioned the um, professions that it said light workers typically choose. But that. Uh, it's it's yeah. ironic. So I thought it was kind of cool that. Um, this woman that I did this therapy session with was like, yep, you're a healer in this life as well. And you will continue to heal while you perform. So it's, um, it's just, it's cool. It was a really cool session. I wish that I could, um, go back and, and do one with her. I guess I could do it through zoom. Anything is possible these days. Thank God. (sighs) With zoom, but I won't keep you here all day, but, um, (laughs) thank you so much for your time. First of all, um, and if anyone does want to purchase a bracelet from you or do a reading, I don't know what you're doing over Zoom nowadays, but um, how should they contact you? What should they do? Yeah, on my Instagram, you can DM me. It's just my first and last name, Lauren underscore Eshaw. Sounds much different than it's spelled, but. Mm-hmm. It looks like um, Eshawsi. Yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, you can set me up. I can talk to you about prices. We could figure out, you know, what works for you. Um, Right now, my goal is kind of to make people feel better during this time. So I want to make it work for you and make it worthy of my time. And um, we could figure something out. I would love to do a session. It's actually really cool because I prefer in person, obviously, because they can feel the energy exchange. Right. But I've done, you know, handfuls of these now over Zoom and um, even FaceTime. And people still feel it. People still are seeing what I'm seeing. It's just crazy that, like, a transfer of energy through a computer. I was doing sessions for people in Minnesota and they were feeling, yeah. it's just crazy. And crazy. that's, that's how I'm able to say like, you know what? I have this gift that works because people feel it. Right. Whether I fully understand it or not, yeah. um, people are feeling it and it's helping them. And that goes back to the whole definition. And we need more of that. Why not? Right. Right. 
Why? So I just want to be here to help in, well, in the most genuine of ways. I really do. Cause there's just this flow of darkness that I don't think our country has ever felt in this wave before. Right. This, um, yeah, this fast too. Just yeah. this constant. Um, well, thank you so much. I love you. And I can't wait to share this with everyone. Thank you so much for listening. This was Lauren Eshaw. I'm Fiona Winch, and I'll see you next time.